players, we ain't the same. I'm in the cane and guns. Show Paul with the fishes, make the face slip numb. Out in Panama on that amazing sun. I'm amazing, son. You niggas wonder where my grace is from. I speak with corrupted tongue. Recognize the underworld since I was young. Back in 84, when I saw Crockett and Tubbs as the law. His eyes got big when they televised that raw. My mama should have seen it coming. Me running up and down the stairs too quick. Humming Miami Vice theme music. Called the room, made me colder. I see the villains impact now that I'm older. Ignorant fool, views ignorant too. Got a lot of money, keep militant tools. Wasn't present the session, they handed out the rules. So I gravitated, related to life's rules. The meaning, push your T's more than you seem. And that's just a rap name, more so like a damn shame. Nothing's changed, just the crimes of less heinous. The three of us know, yet the shooter remains nameless. And I don't even watch my back. I was born before rap, and I ain't lost my past. She could get hairy, I can lose myself in the flash. Niggas will think I'm Jim Carrey, how I off that man. I even went by the book at first. Until I realized 9 to 5 wouldn't quench my thirst So I start my mission, leave my residence Mama knew that a child like me had better sense But something had to give, that's real, I had to live I chef that soft white and pump from her crib Scouts on her, started with my grandmama Who dished her beauty, yeah, she had flown in from the Bahamas Partner, please, I grind, I hustle with ease Condemn the eyeball any weight in my sleep I don't entertain hate surrounding the street If I was you, I'd be trying to get down with me But no, see, these niggas know too much Meanwhile, I rock jewels that look like my diamonds blush Cats act as if rap fell in my lap I've suffered heartbreak many times back to back And still feel belittled sitting here spitting riddles Amongst clown-ass rappers who tend to give me the giggles Let them take it however they want to take it I'm the reason your favorite MC's no longer your favorite Hey, I'm one of the greats, I can't lie I mean great to the point I'm concerned I might die Make no mistake, malice is who you tune to It's all in the name, trust I will wound you Yo! Yo, welcome back to motherfucking King Known Radio, aka King Dota Uncensored, aka the end of an era, aka damn, DZAM, somebody got fucked up. This is game three. Death sentence. But before we get to all that NBA talking, the boy push a T. Dropped a new album called It's Almost Dry. And we're going to talk about it. I gave y'all the slight preview. But now, we're going to give you everything. Now, we're going to start off with Brambleton. Brambleton is a good way to start this album. I actually like this record. Allegedly, Pusha T. You know, when I first saw the interview with... uh. DJ Vlad and Anthony Jeezy Gonzalez. It seems like he threw Pusha T under the bus and said that he wasn't a drug dealer. Allegedly. And, you know, Pusha T was, you know, was a drug dealer, but he wasn't Pablo Escobar. But he did dabble into the uh, craft of drug dealing. But, Gonzalez said that everything that Pusha and Malice was rapping about was his entire life. And Pusha T addressed this 
and said that he was disappointed in his one-time friend who was his manager. Who was Clips' manager back in the day. He was. And he cited his disappointment and compared him to Fredo in The Godfather. Michael Corleone kissing Fredo Corleone. So, I mean, I love Brambleton, though. It was a great track. Let the smokers shine the coops. Hey, man, I love that song. I love the beat. That shit was hot. That was one of the few Pharrell beats that I fucked with on there. Dreaming of the Past featuring Kanye West. I fuck with it. Kanye talking about that family shit that he was going through with Kim. I could tell. Neck and wrist, I don't like it. That shit boring. That beat was trash. Jay-Z verse was good. It was cool. It's good, but it's not good enough. Pharrell part was ass. Pusha T part was ass. I don't like it. It's the only song that I do not like on this whole entire project. Just So You Remember was cool. I fuck with it. Diet Coke, man, that's got to be one of the best songs this year. Hands down. No doubt in my mind. I love Diet Coke. The rhyming, the Fat Joe in the beginning, the mixing Fat Joe's ad-libs, Pusha T just rapping his ass off. Incredible. Rock and roll with Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Kid Cudi said... Oh, this the last track I'm appearing on with Kanye. Nigga, stop lying. Y'all in a rough patch. Every friendship has its rough patches, dude. So you just gonna take Pete Davidson's side over the nigga that signed you and gave you a fucking career. That's some weak-ass shit to me. You gotta work it out with Ye, Kid Cudi, because your music is mid without Kanye's involvement. Call My Bluff, I love the shit that Pusha T was talking on Call My Bluff. He was talking cash money millionaire shit. Love it. Scrape It Off featuring Lil Uzi Vert and Don Tolliver. That surprised me. Lil Uzi Vert killed that track. I mean, his verse wasn't better than Pusha's, but it was welcoming to see Lil Uzi Vert actually spit some meaningful shit. Hear me clearly. I mean, I loved the song when I first heard it on the Nego Project. So, love that. Open Air was solid. I felt like it was just too short. Then I Pray For You. Labyrinth and Clips. Oh, my God. No malice. Malice was saying bitches and hoes and all this niggas and shit. I was like, okay. Pastor. Talk that shit, Pastor Malice. Man, I've always been an advocate that Malice was a better rapper than Pusha. Always been that way. Malice just didn't have the career that Pusha had. But Malice was always my favorite member of Clips to me. I always check for anything Malice got going on. But that was a hell of a way to close the project. All in all, this isn't a classic album. But it's exceptional. It's one of the uh, best albums released in 2022. 
You know, I just didn't care for the for Pharrell's production on all these songs. I didn't care for neck and wrist production. I didn't care for open airs production. Didn't necessarily care for call my bluff production, but it was cool though. The only Pharrell beat I liked was Brambleton and Let the Smokers Shine the Coops. Them the only ones that I liked. You know, as far as the beat. Pusha T. Pusha T delivered. saying that this shit is trash. Bitch, where? Bitch, where? How is this garbage? Pusha T always delivers lyrically. Always. You know, you can, you can get on him about, about his beat selection for some of these. I understand that. But the Kanye beats were hard. It's the Pharrell beats that were kind of mid. I don't know what P was doing, man. Maybe, maybe it wasn't P fault. Maybe it was push. It, it was pushing fault for picking these beats. I don't know, fam. You tell me. But we gonna get into the game threes. I got a lot of shit to say. I got some shit to say, bitch, about how Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving fumbled the bag on their way. To a death sentence. But yeah, let's get to game three. Philadelphia versus Toronto. What day was that? Shit. It's been a while. Shit. That was uh, Wednesday. NBA is weird with their scheduling, by the way. But Joel Embiid put on another classic performance as he scored 33 points, 13 rebounds. Tobias Harris had 11 points, 12 rebounds of his own, 19 from Maxi, 19 from Harden, and 19 and 10 assists. Well-rounded performances by the starters as Joel Embiid hit a classic turnaround three-point shot to give Toronto the ultimate death sentence. Obviously, we know we they, that they won today, but we will discuss that at a later show. However, Toronto didn't go out like that as OG Ananobi scored 26 points. Gary Trent Jr. had 24 points and Precious Achua had 20 points. But it wasn't enough as Pascal Siakam, their number one guy, struggled from the field as he shot 6 of 16. Horrible. And so... Right? Here we go. Like, okay. Nothing else to see here. As Philly took a 3-0 lead, you know, we shall move on to Minnesota and Memphis, which is actually going on right now. I have to turn to it now. But anyway, right? Memphis ended up taking a 2-1 lead as the Grizzlies overcame two 20-point deficits, y'all. The Memphis Grizzlies are really back to the grindhouse. 
these niggas got grit, determination, and and and, and great thought process. Like these young boys is nothing to be fucked with. Like this is crazy. John Morant recorded a triple double as he scored 16 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds. Desmond Bain, 7 of 15 from three point range, y'all. It was Desmond Bain's night. And Brandon Clark, 20 points, 8 rebounds, y'all. He is the energy boost of this team. Taylor Jenkins should definitely give him more than the 29 minutes that he got that game. And, of course, Bitch Boy Towns gets into foul trouble once again. Five fouls, eight points, three of four from the field. He played 32 minutes. That's what killed me. 32 minutes and you score eight points. Even Kevin Durant tonight scored more than that. But the rest of his team showed. I mean, Anthony Edwards had 19 points, but they were keying in on him. Because he was the one that killed them last game. But Carl Anthony Towns was the story of this game. His disappointment and his disappearing acts. But Memphis took a 2-1 lead as they took their home court back. Let's move on to Dallas winning against the Utah Jazz 126-118 as they continued their journey without Luka Doncic. I mean, obviously they got him back today. So, Jalen Brunson had 31 points, 6 assists. Spencer Dinwiddie had 20 points but shot horrible from the field. 6 of 21 from the field. 2 of 7 from 3. Dwight Powell has 0 points. Crazy. Maxi Kleber had 17 points, 4 of 5 from 3, 6 of 7 from the field. As Dallas beat Utah at home. As Utah's back was against the ropes. Despite getting 32 points from Donovan Mitchell, he didn't close the deal and finish the job. You got 24 from Bogdanovich, 21 from Conley, and you still didn't win? I still don't understand how in the fuck does Utah lose a game like that. But Utah's been losing games forever. Them niggas as a franchise has never been known for finishing anything. That is ridiculous. Moving on to Golden State, taking a 3-0 lead over the Denver Nuggets, giving them the death sentence. Yeah, man, a lot of people are getting the door shut on them. Because in the NBA, out of all these years... 
right? There has never been a team to come back from down 3-0. Wow, is that a fan on the court? Wow. I'm watching Memphis play Minnesota. There is a fan on the court. Wow. Where's the replay on this shit? But anyway, let me get back to it, though. Jordan Poole, let me tell you something. He's becoming a superstar before our eyes. A potential superstar. Like, this dude be in his bag. I mean, 27 points. Stephen Curry coming off the bench again scored 27.6 assists usual Steph Curry numbers Clay Thompson 26 points 6 of 13 from 3 Draymond had 10 assists Gary Payton the second had 11 points like they got all the contribution that they need to go up 3-0 and to steal a game in Denver Nikola Jokic despite 37 points 18 rebounds and 5 assists still lost everybody talking about well you well, it's not on Jokic's fault. I'm telling you, Jokic. I hate to say it, but you know he's all numbers, but he doesn't close anything. Nikola Jokic is the type of guy that builds a whole entire house. He puts the power on. He'll build all the rooms, all the furniture, all the DIY, the kitchen, the refrigerator, but he he don't put the roof on it. That's been Joker's problem his whole career. He's never put a roof on nothing but one time. And that was when he got out of 2-7 game series in the fucking Mickey Mouse bubble, though. He ain't never done that shit outside the bubble. The bubble exposed a lot of motherfuckers bullshit that year. Nikola Jokic do everything for three and a half quarters, but when it comes down time to close, can't do it. The boy Draymond Green ripped him at the end of the game. Aaron Gordon tried. He contributed 18 points, but no one else on Denver's team decided to help Joker or fucking Gordon. But at the same time, I'm not going to dismiss uh, Nikola Jokic with the no help thing, but I'm just saying, like, if he would have had a couple more scores, they could have won that game. I mean, they only lost 118 to 113. But Joker is not known for closing anything, man. Despite all his great his great numbers, and this ain't this ain't coming from a hateful place. I'm just saying this is what he does. So Golden State took a 3-0 lead, and then we move on to yesterday's games as the Atlanta Hawks squeak by the Miami Heat in Jason Tatum fashion as Ice Trey hit. The big shot to win the game for Atlanta. He was huge. 
Miami was back and forth. I mean, they only lost by one point, so it's not like Miami just half-assed. No, they played to the max, but Atlanta was the last ones with the ball. That was the difference. So, we had Jimmy Butler with 20 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Shit. Bam and Abiel had 13 points, 11 rebounds. Max Struss had 20 points. Tyler Hero had 24 points. Kyle Lowry exited the game in the uh, second quarter with an injury. And when asked when he was gonna, is he gonna come back? He replied, "I'm the Wolverine." I mean, if you know the character, I mean, I'm not. A hundred percent into Marvel, but Wolverine, from my understanding, has powers to heal his wounds. Uh, any of you Marvel heads, you know, let me know if I got that right. That I guess that's what he meant. But anyway, let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, Trey Young, twenty-four points, eight assists, and he got some contributions. Six niggas in double figures. DeAndre Hunter had 17 points. Uh, Kevin Herter had 13 points. Bogdan Bogdanovich had 18 points. DeLon Wright had 13 points. Hit all of his shots. Crazy. It just came down to the last possession. And, I mean, I kind of knew Atlanta was going to get one or two games in this series. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, man, they beat the dog shit out of the Chicago Bulls. This shit ended in the second quarter. DeMar DeRozan ought to be ashamed of himself. He does the the frozen shit, and the rest of his team did it along with him. Because how in the fuck? If you would have told me that Giannis would have had 18 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds, and the Milwaukee Bucks would have won by 30, I would have laughed in your motherfucking face. And they did it without Chris Middleton. Mint Pack wasn't there. They didn't need Mint Pack this game. Grayson Allen said, I got this. 22 6 and 6 for the dirty white man. Um, Bobby Portis had 18 points and 16 rebounds, 4 of 8 from 3, despite having an eye injury. He had a major, he took an elbow to the eye from Tristan Thompson. And Milwaukee came back and just beat they ass. I mean, Drew Holiday, 16.6 assists, 6 rebounds. Yeah, pretty much the whole team got a chance to play. DeMar DeRozan, 11 points. Wow, Nikola Jokic, I mean, Nikola Vucevic, my bad, 19 points. Zach Levine, 15 points. Chicago decided to pull their starters early because they got their ass handed to them. To them. This was embarrassing. Let's move on to the Phoenix Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans as Phoenix took back their home court. And closed them out without Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton, 28.17 rebounds. A classic DeAndre Ayton game. Chris Paul, 28 points, 14 assists. Man, 
I spent all these years slandering Chris Paul for being old, for being washed up. And I had to realize it was all James Harden's fault (laughs) for making him look mid when clearly this old dog continues to have new tricks and is a top 15 player and is worthy. You know, when he took the the Suns to the finals last year, that's when, you know what I'm saying, he earned my respect. But CP3 in this game was phenomenal. And they bounced back after that last game. I felt like the Suns should have won that. They should be really up 3-0. JaVale McGee had 15 off the bench. Michael Bridges had 17 points. Brandon Ingram, despite 34 points and 7 rebounds, it just wasn't enough. CJ had 30 points. It just seemed like, you know, Jonas Valley and Shunas got shut down. He only had 6 points. Devontae Graham provided some punch off the bench like I thought he would. Shout out to Devontae Graham, but too little, too late. And last, and we're finally here. I'm, for the record, I'm going to say this now. Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant. I'm going to go there and say that. Kevin Durant is no longer a top five NBA player. This is the changing of the guard in the league that we needed. And we all know that Brooklyn's not coming back from down 3-0. Which begs the question, do they get swept, go home and regroup? Or do they fight for this series and make shit interesting? Is KD and Kyrie capable of coming back from down 3-0? Hell no. I don't see that happening. I see Boston sweeping these boys, man, in Brooklyn. And I I picked Nets in six, so I'm going to possibly take an L here once they go home because they definitely deserve to go home after this game. Jason Tatum might be a top 10, top 5 player. He might be a top five player after this performance in this series alone. I know that might be reaching, but I might not be reaching too far. 39.6 steals, six assists. This nigga has the blueprint of stopping Kevin Durant. Kobe Bryant taught this man well. Jalen Brown, 23 points, 9 of 16. Great supporting cast member. Marcus Smart, 14 points. This is all they really needed to beat Kevin Durant. And then I heard Peyton Pritchard went off. I didn't see this game. This is the only game that I did not see tonight. But however, I heard some things from everybody that was watching. Yeah, people were saying that. Kevin Durant was having a LeBron in 2011 moment. And that's not far from the truth. Kevin Durant was 6 of 11. 16 points. 
here's the thing though. It wasn't a LeBron in 2011 though. LeBron only scored eight points a couple of times in that series. LeBron got embarrassed. But, however, this Boston team, a lot of people forget Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving beat this same Boston team last year. So, obviously, revenge was on their mind. And Brooklyn's a seven seed for a reason, obviously. They have piss-poor coaching. I don't know what the fuck Brooklyn be doing. I mean, they had six niggas in double figures and still couldn't finish the job. As they ended up losing 109 to 103. In Brooklyn. This is the death sentence. This is the changing of the guard. Now, is Kyrie still top 20 in this league? Absolutely. You know, his skills... We're always great, but here's the problem with Kyrie. Kyrie isn't as good as I thought he was, but that doesn't mean that Kyrie isn't great. It's just that he's incapable of being a number one option. He's proven that on multiple occasions that he needs another guy that could score like him to help him. And some players do need that, though. I mean, it's not... It's not every everybody can't do this shit by themselves. Everybody can't do it by themselves, but some people are born to be complimentary players. And Kyrie is that guy. He's a guy that can get you some quick points and and dazzle with dribbling skills. But here's the problem though. He needs the right coach to bring the best out of his game. And Steve Nash is not it. I keep trying to tell y'all, I think they should have fired him after game two. But they should definitely fire him after this because there ain't no coming back. It's over with. You know, the question is for Brooklyn, is you going to get down or is you going to lay down? And if you lay down, you stay down. Brucey Brown, 26 points, 8 rebounds, did all he could. Kyrie Irving, 6 of 17, 0 of 7 from 3. He are fucking trash, bro. You played like shit this entire series. This is that 2019 Kyrie Irving. You see, that's what happens when you don't play the entire season. All of that part-time Kyrie shit came back to haunt him in this series. And that's no excuse, but it's the facts. It's what happens when you don't play with a team all year that you don't have no type of chemistry with. And no, nigga, you don't have a turn-on switch. It's either bang, it's either bang or ball or both, man. Kevin Durant, you ashy motherfucker, man. I can't believe you about to go out like this. This could be the first time that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving ever get swept. Maybe they needed this moment, or maybe it's the moment that's the, the beginning of the end for these two guys. Because these two guys 
were supposed to be LeBron's successors. But then realizing that LeBron was always better than Kevin Durant all time. And Kyrie should have never left Cleveland. But at the same time, I understood why Kyrie wanted to leave Cleveland because they were offering him in in multiple trades when they lied to this man and said that he had the keys to the franchise. I'd be upset too. I mean, Kyrie was on the same team and he couldn't get them to the second round of the playoffs. And then Kevin Durant, you know, at least him and Westbrook got to the finals. But this is the most disappointing team of all time. And then Steve Nash has also been a member of a team that's one of the most disappointing of all time. Steve Nash never got it done as a pro. Steve Nash is overrated as an NBA player. And Steve Nash is the worst coach of all time. He is the worst coach I have ever seen. No adjustments. No changes. You're seeing that Jason Tatum is ripping Kevin Durant. And you're not running screens for KD to get open so that he doesn't have to dribble so much. Kyrie, same thing. They didn't even try to do something different. They wanted to run street ball. And I told y'all at the beginning of the playoffs that the the, the Brooklyn Nets are not going to win a championship playing street ball. You need a system. Look at all these teams that's playing right now. Boston got a system. Ime Udoka is putting his pop magic to work. All the things that he's learned from pop to work. Look at Memphis. They they have a system. That works for them. Especially on the defensive end. Golden State has had the same system since Steve Kerr's been there. And it's opening up avenues for players like Jordan Poole to shine amongst Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving just don't have that cachet that LeBron and Steph Curry have. They just don't have it, man. And and it's a disappointment that y'all did all that fighting in the play-in game to play like shit. Now, here's some more questions. Is Kevin Durant and Kyrie overrated? Or or it's just that Boston has their number? We'll only find out the answer to that question next year if both guys remain healthy. Because when both guys were healthy, they got to the second round of the playoffs and ended up losing to the eventual champs. But ever since Kyrie left Cleveland, he hasn't been further than the second round of the playoffs. Ever since Kevin Durant has left the Warriors, he hasn't been further than the second round of the playoffs. Which which makes you wonder, are they overrated? I would have to say absolutely. But are they all-time greats, NBA top 75 players? Absolutely. Everybody got flaws. Everybody got weaknesses. And Boston happens to be Brooklyn's kryptonite.
I am all out disappointed in the Brooklyn Nets. I thought they would at least be tied two to two by now. You know, but that their their system, the way that they're built, is fucked up for one. Number two, they have the worst coach in the league. Number three, Kyrie and and Kevin Durant are exerting a shit ton of energy. Number four. Kyrie Irving, I don't know if he's still fasting anymore, but motherfucker, eat. And then the role players have been showing up. That's the killer part. The role players have been showing up. It's just the stars that's not finishing the job. You're incapable of running this shit. And it's and it's looking like it's looking like the end for KD and and Kev and, 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 and uh, Kyrie Irving, as these young boys don't fear them. They're getting to the LeBron stages of their career where you're still elite, you're still good, maybe even still a top ten player, if that. But nobody fears you. Everybody is going to look at this footage from Tatum defending Kevin Durant because over the years, the problem is he's seven feet. He got handles. He could just rise over you and shoot over you. And he's hard to defend. But Jason Tatum is just as long. It's just has improved all around on the defensive end. And is entering the Black Mamba stage of his career. And then Jalen Brown is a good complimentary piece. Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year. I don't know, folks. I mean, with all these injuries going around, can Boston win the title? I'm not 100% sure. I got to see them beat Miami. I got to see them beat Milwaukee. I got to see them beat... Um, It's another team. No, never mind. Oh, yeah, I got to see if they beat Philly. If they can do that, then, you know what I'm saying, then Boston will earn my respect. But Boston, as that as a team, has been to the conference finals but never to the finals. That's been their Achilles heel. Multiple comp, uh, conference finals appearances but no finals appearances. As far as I'm concerned, Kevin Durant, you ought to be ashamed of yourself for the way that you played today. 16 points is not enough. You need 35. You need 40. And you fucking up niggas parlays, too. Kyrie Irving, same thing. Kyrie Irving needs to realize you're not a superstar. You're not a superstar in this league. You used to be a superstar, but that was a long time ago. And then the the toll of, you know what I'm saying, part-time Kyrie has come to roost and come back on you. And the Boston fans clearly threw you off your game, and you were never the same after that. And it seems like, in disappointing fashion, that you're going to come home way too early. 
But get ready for those caskets. Because the Brooklyn Nets are done. They're no longer a championship threat. They're a playoff contender, but not a championship threat. In the offseason, I really do believe that they need to fire Steve Nash. They need to fire Sean Marks. But, I mean, you get Ben Simmons back a bit too late. It would have been better to get Simmons back and be down 2-1. to one. But you're down 3-0. And I don't know if Ben Simmons is going to make a difference in Game 4. But I can see Brooklyn winning Game 4. But it's going to be a stretch because Boston's going to want to be done and over with. They don't want to let y'all back in the series. But anyway, that's my show. This is King Known Uncensored. Game 3, Death Sentence. And I'm out.